Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. In this episode, Caleb Luke and I are going to talk about She Hulk episode 8, titled Ribbit and Rip It. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. All right, so Ribbit and Rip It, which is the tagline of uh, our, our new villain for this weekend, I guess, not weekend, but this episode, uh, not just villain, but uh, I guess it started out being Jen's client, right? Not not a villain, but actually her client. Uh, how did you like Caleb? Let's go with you. How did you like the episode? What did you think about episode eight? I hate Leapfrog, whatever his face is called, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the overall episode. I thought it was uh, a good amount of funny, moving the plot and action when it was all said and done, and I, I really enjoyed the end. Uh, and Luke, you being She-Hulk's number one fan, how did you like uh, the the episode? I think it was the best episode so far. And um, I didn't sit there waiting for it to be over, which is an upgrade over <laughs> what I have been the rest of them. You know, coming from you, that's high praise. That's high praise. So I'll I'll take it. Um, okay, so you guys want to hear my, my bold hot takes that I've been saving for days and not saying around you guys. Are you ready for me to to unload the dump truck of praise I have for She-Hulk and for this episode? Are you ready to go? Yes. Ready to hear this? Ready to go? Okay, so this episode um with let me let me start it this way. With one episode left in the in this in this series, uh this is my favorite Disney Plus show. My favorite. And before that, it was WandaVision. And it's hard to to top WandaVision, but I think the show is so different and so loony and so crazy that it's a completely different show. So, of course, there's one episode left. Anything could happen. But right now, I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that this now sits on the, the top of the list. And not, it's not just because of this episode. But it's just accumulation of all of it. It's how I find myself looking forward to watching it every single week. How bummed I am, I, I am right now about there only being one episode left. It all hit me after this episode that wow, this this is this could be likely my favorite Disney Plus show of Marvel. Um, not only that, but I have more. I have an even I have another level to to reach. Are you are you are you ready for it? This was the. Most entertaining thirty to thirty-five minutes of Marvel plus, of Marvel content since No Way Home, including all of it. Like I couldn't, like I was so in in enthralled in this episode. I I loved every minute of it. I just it really to me it showed uh, She Hulk's unique place in the MCU. There's no other show, no other movie, no other no other property, no other character really that exists in the MCU like She-Hulk. I think the fourth wall breaking, of course, helps is that that's, uh, makes her very unique. But even how the show lives in the MCU, just its point of view. I mean, Caleb, you and I talked about it last week with, with the, the therapy session of villains, right? If you... I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know any other property in the MCU could try to pull something like that off. And it worked. And it was something that was super enjoyable. Then we've got this episode, episode eight of uh, of, of She Hulk. All of a sudden, in the in the first scene, we see just some brand new random character who's wearing a green suit with fiery boots, and 
it ends up being her her uh client and i think that and it was it was just normal it was fine you know we've we've got matt murdoch walking in a courtroom rep- representing uh this other this, the luke um the the taylor right and we don't bat an eye at it at least i don't because this is the way that the show has been built and how it works and i think that the way that it just lives inside the mcu it shows you know uh f- you know these funny little easter eggs on web pages and cell phones it is the most like ingrained show and it it has it touches every corner of the mcu i, I mean we've got bruce banner in the second episode he's flying off into space and everybody's just like okay it that's that's what we're doing and i just love the way that it's been developed into this uh, i mean nikki like she she comes over at the end of this episode and she wants to uh glam up um uh jen walters right and she brings out the the makeup brushes she's got one in between each knuckle did you guys catch that and it's like a wolverine reference yeah. right so it's just campy funny tongue-in-cheek wink and nod kind of stuff that she hulk has been doing for the last couple months and um and it was just <laughs> it's just i just love it i just love it so yeah it is it, it's it's high up there and it's probably gonna end up number one by the end of by the end of the series so um i just thought i would share that with you um i i'm i'm trying to read your faces and and i want to hear what you have to say about my big revelation i'm just waiting for when the show is over for you to come up to me and say it was all a joke it was all a prank i didn't mean any of it I can't believe how far on the other side of the... I can't have more of an opposite view on this show than you. I don't think I've, like, genuinely laughed or even, like, chuckled once during the show. Even their, the jokes didn't even hit for me, and I get it's a comedy, but if it's not a funny comedy, then it's just... I don't know. I just didn't like it. So we've this isn't a new subject, right? And this isn't even something new that we've talked about on the show, on the Colby cast or not, you know, just as we're walking around the the uh, house. But this just isn't your style of humor, right? We we established that uh, I think early on, and it's and it's because you like that edgy, cringy kind of humor, you know, like The Office, or you like the edgy characters, and there really aren't those types of characters in this show. Um, except Jen, I mean, you've, you've told, you've said in the past how much you like Jen and Jen is probably, I think the edgiest character probably on the show. But like, if, you know, do you remember when we played our little game, you know, one, one day, a couple weeks ago where I said, who's your favorite character in the office? And your answer was Creed, mm-hmm. right? Um, who's your favorite, epi- who's your favorite character in how I met your mother? And who was your, who, who, what was your answer? Barney. Barney. Right. So, I mean, we, we did a, f- a few of these things and. None of these characters really, if it, if it reflects your your taste in comedy, She-Hulk isn't your taste in comedy. So that's that's fine and that's okay. But I, I guess it is mine, right? It's just zany and wacky. And I love Marvel. I love the MCU. And I just love how they've niched out this little corner in the show. So Caleb, your thoughts? Luke, you even like Daredevil's line where he's like, no, I'm not a lawyer. I just really enjoy like lawyer shows. You didn't think that was funny? Like, he's like, I'm into lawyer dramas. I thought it was, it was cool. I mean, I I didn't laugh at it. I thought it was funny, but I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> I, 
rolled my eyes when she said, like, oh, how'd you know about the jet fuel? And then you're like, oh, it was a hunch. Because, like, you just... The okay, I actually did enjoy the lawyer banter between the two when they yes. were actually in the courtroom. I was like, "Wow, this is well written." They took more than five minutes to write this part, <laughs> and and then he just goes, "Jet fuel," like uh, really, really like that. I, of all the daredevil courtroom episodes or like the the banter there, it was always way more intense than that. And I know I know it's not an intense show, but I was like, seriously, that's how you're ending the banter. Because he sniffed like a dog. Well, he has echolocation. Who's to say he doesn't have? He doesn't have being able to like. He doesn't have extra strength in his nose or something. Like they say, you lose the sense in one, you gain it in the other. So it might as be as plain as that. No, I don't, I don't have a. I don't have a beef with him like smelling it, but he was just like, <laughs> like they made it a point for him to follow his nose, like, like Tom from Tom and Jerry, where he's following the scent of the pie, where he's like. <laughs> you know? would you, would, I mean, would you rather have had? How, he didn't do that at all. All they did was they he they showed him when he took the boots out, like his head like looked towards that direction, and he smelled. I mean, that's, that's all it was. I thought that that was handled very well. Like it was uh, the um, the whole point of him saying that it was a hunch and whatever. I mean, what else are they going to do? He's not going to be like, oh, by the way, I have extra sensory, uh, you know, superpowers, like. I do have the worst superpower ever, which is super smell. Like he's, he's not going to say yeah. something like that. So would you rather have had them argue for five more minutes whether or not it was jet fuel? <laughs> would that have been, would that have satisfied that part no. of it? So, No, like it's fine. I don't have a problem with him having super smell. That, that's, not, <laughs> that's not the point. But it was just like, oh, I smelled it. Oh, cool. Like that, that's it, right? I, I don't yeah. know. There's he's so much better of a character than that i genuinely thought it was so funny that he goes like oh i got lost on my way here he's yes. just making a joke that like you can obviously see i'm blind yeah. the judge has never yeah. met him before well, he says, i had trouble parking yeah exactly finding <laughs> parking and then he's just like oh no yeah I'm, I'm kidding and then he just that was his intro into the new version of him in the mcu i think i've figured it out for the 18th time okay <laughs> every character in this show is stupid <laughs> and like even he made the joke and it, it like it didn't hit because the judge was stupid <laughs> and i don't know i they they've the the characters of she hulk slash jen walters and matt Mur murdoch slash daredevil are cool characters but when you're surrounded by so many other characters that are just so cookie cutter and generic they it's they have no depth and it didn't feel like matt murdoch slash daredevil had really any depth in this episode and he's such a deep character again i will refer okay i'll bear i'll borrow your your phrasing for the 18th time it's a sitcom mm -hmm. it's a 30 minute comedy it's a lawyer show uh so you're you're right you are a hundred percent. Although I, I don't, I would not call Jennifer Walters stupid, or Nikki, or Mallory Book, or or, or Matt Murdock. Uh, but there are a lot of stupid characters in the show. You are a hundred percent right. You know why? Because they are the walls that the main characters bounce jokes off of. Because it's a sitcom, it's a comedy, and that's the premise of the show. And it's not your type of sitcom. So that's that's the um, 
That, I mean, that's really the, that's yeah. the bottom line, right? Gavel is coming down on the little piece of wood the gavels come with, whatever that's called. Uh, that's the verdict, right? So it's just that's how it is. Oh, Caleb, you wanted to say something? I think he's made up his his mind. There's no changing it. There's no, 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 no. I'm not, trying, time. I'm not trying to. I'm just I'm just presenting a, diff- a different form of uh, a different line of thought. Okay, but let's talk about Matt Murdock because we we started to get. Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you, Caleb, who is your favorite um, character in How I Met Your Mother? Me. No, you're not in Mar. You're not in How I Met Your Mother. Marshall. Marshall, right. So what I was just watching you guys do here when you were conversing, I'm like, oh, Caleb is trying to lawyer Luke. He's trying to get go Marshall. I love it. It was fun. Um, and who's your favorite uh, The Office character? That's a complex question. I Just right off the top of your head. The default is the easy answer is Jim, but um, Daryl is fantastic as well. Yes, Daryl is good, and Jim is fantastic. So, just uh, just I just wanted to hear you go on record with those because you know you can't change your answers now that you've said something on a podcast, right? Like your favorite Star Wars characters are always set in stone. <laughs> Don't lawyer me. Don't you dare lawyer me. But let's lawyer Matt Murdock. So I thought it was hilarious the way that we see him. First of all, everybody's waiting and waiting and waiting for Daredevil ever since they dropped the first hint or that first image. I, I don't even remember when it was. Maybe Comic Con when we when we figured out or when we saw that when they made it known that uh, Daredevil was going to be in She Hulk. So not only did everybody want to see him from the beginning, which was never going to happen, but as we start getting into the series, three episodes, four episodes, five episodes, people are like, "Where's Matt Murdock? Where's Daredevil?" So then when we get to the episode where he finally does show up, he's even late to that episode, which I thought was was very funny. So he comes in. We talked a little bit about the courtroom banter. Caleb, I thought about you because um, the one of your favorite parts of the show is the the attorney aspect of it, and you like seeing the courtroom uh, action scenes. So not only did you get to see a little bit more of that, but you got to see Matt Murdock in that kind of thing. So I thought about you when I watched it. Also, one of the knocks against the Daredevil um, Netflix series was that there wasn't enough of the legal drama. Matt Murdock is a big part of Daredevil, right? And part of the the stories that they go through are the legal uh the legal aspects of Foggy and Matt. And I remember seeing some people talking about how they wish there was more of that in the Netflix shows. So one of the cool nods is that he shows up now in the MCU and the first time we see him He's in a lawyer capacity, right, with with uh, Peter Parker. And next time we see him, he's walking literally into a courtroom. So we got some, we got a, a really nice chunk of Matt Murdock before we get Daredevil. So, um, but let's talk about that. And not only do we get the the courtroom aspect of it, but we got it in the barroom scene too when we first see um, Jen walk into what is the bar called? Legal Ease. I, th- I think it is. Uh, anyway, so so she goes in there to her hangout, and who's sitting across the bar from her is Matt Murdock, and he sends her an apple teeny, which is green, which is which which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and then they get into a conversation. Both of them have to go away now because of work, which ends up being the same reason because he needs to go off and try to get Luke out of trouble, and she needs to go off and help. Um, this creepy dude, Eric, which was the only wonky scene I thought in this episode was like, that seemed a little bit unnecessary where this Eric guy is trying to show off that he, you know, bought a a Wakandan sword of vibranium and he's, you know, 
showing off that it was a million dollars. But then she has to go off and help. What's his name? Uh, Leapfrog. Um, so uh, anything you guys had to say about the the chemistry or the conversation of uh, Matt Murdock and, and Jennifer Walters before we move on? I just thought it was fun. Yeah. It was supposed to be fun. And I like that it was showing a little bit more of a a fun side of Daredevil because so much of the Netflix show, which everybody's going to continue to compare him to, even though they've made it sure. abundantly clear that he's going to be different. Um, the, the show is just, he's very serious. He's very set to the job of being a vigilante type. And that's just what he does, who he is. Um, but him just being able to guess what she was drinking, I thought was pretty funny. And I was just like, wait, Jen, you're an attorney and you're not asking questions about that? What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. But I just thought it was cool. I thought um, his just abrupt, oh, I need to leave, and her just being like, oh, oh, um, uh, okay, just super yeah. awkward about it was a little corny, but it is what it is. I just, I liked their their chemistry throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. It was fine. I didn't like how he got all shy and flustered because he's supposed to be so smooth talking and in the show he was always the one who made people like get butterflies and, mm. and now he's the one getting butterflies which isn't it's not a problem i guess whatever yeah. but it was just like i'm so used to him walking up to a girl at a bar and then her being like um what's the what's the word where they like grab their or like they touch their forehead like that and like Oh, they swoon. The, yeah, they they, they swoon. swoon over him, and now he's getting flustered over it. But I I did like the idea of the whole time. No one likes her when she's Jen. They only mm. like her when she's She Hulk, and so it's kind of fitting that he can't see her. So it's like it's fine regardless. Yeah, it doesn't like, matter. To him. Like to him, it's yeah. no different. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, Except for the fact that, you know, he, he makes, he has one of the most quotable lines, I think, in the series so far when he talks about how uh, Jen can help people when um, the law fails them and then She-Hulk can help people. Uh, I don't, I, I think I messed it up, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, so let's get to, oh, before we do go on, one of the things that, one of the, another example of how much I love what She-Hulk means in the MCU is that Matt Murdock can walk into a courtroom, sit down, and drop a bomb in one line that affects the entire MCU, and no one even bats an eyelash at it. And I'm referring to the fact when he said the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. I, I was like, I mean, that's so that's huge. That's a huge piece of information. The Sokovia Accords literally caused civil war literally caused the the breakup of the avengers and put the mcu on the the path that ended to ended up in endgame and she hulk is written in such a way where matt murdoch can walk on stage and say not not on stage but on screen and say um the sokovia Accords have been repealed and i love that i just thought it was really cool and the way oh seeing charlie cox back as daredevil is just it's just so much fun um so we get into the uh the fight where we get a little bit of daredevil versus she hulk um, they're after the same person for very different reasons and they fight, they have a really quick, cool fight. I thought, you know, it was cool to see high, the highlight of Daredevil and, and the way he works and cause he's so, he's almost Spider-Man-ish, right? Where he, he's nimble and 
you know, she's all power and he's all quickness. But the most important thing I thought about that fight and that entire scene on the top of the the um, the the garage, the parking garage, is that in the background you can see a billboard, and the billboard is Rogers the Musical. And by the looks on both of your faces, I can see how excited you are to know that Rogers the Musical is going to come to Los Angeles. It is because the She-Hulk is in Los Angeles, and it was a billboard in Los Angeles announcing the arrival of Rogers the Musical. I can only hope that it's in real life too. I take back everything that I said about She-Hulk. I'm with you. This is the best show. (laughs) And it all comes full circle. You know, we can't escape Rogers the Musical. Rogers the Musical is inevitable. Rogers the Musical defeated Thanos. If it comes to real life, I'm moving out of L.A. until it leaves. If it comes to Los Angeles in real life, we're buying opening night tickets and we're all going. We're all going and we will be wearing bright yellow Rogers the Musical t-shirts. So for anybody listening, we have one imaginary Rogers the Musical opening night ticket for sale. (laughs) You can sit with the owner of the Colby cast and have running commentary after. But yeah, it's for sale. (laughs) So we um, we have our fight between our two heroes and... Uh, then they they get to discussing things down on the the, the floor level of the parking lot, and they realize you know that they that they, <laughs> I just I love I know that you don't like the writing, Luke, but I love the writing. Jen tells him that it's uh, it's really brave to have a ketchup and mustard color scheme. <laughs> it's great, and she delivers it so well. And um, you know that she she finds out that uh, that uh, Daredevil is Matt Murdock. You know that was a little bit uh, a little bit of a rushed reveal i'll admit but whatever it's she hulk i'm good with it you know i I don't get hung up on these things um plus secret identities don't mean anything in the in in the mcu very much but i know it will with matt murdoch going down but i just figure you know he's relaxed he's in la he's not worried about his his identity there absolutely is a huge thing with secret identities there's a whole movie about it that came out recently it's called spider-man yeah where he literally changes everything to keep his identity a secret it's the one exception. It's a big one, but it's but like literally before that, people were finding out Spidey was Peter Parker like left and right. It was not even a thing, right? And Captain America doesn't have a secret identity. Tony Stark doesn't. Literally, the first movie of the MCU is him saying, "I am Iron Man." And what did Spider Man do? He erased everyone's memory so that they would forget that he's Spider Man. Again, Matt is in LA. He's relaxed. It's a you know the West Coast. It's not New York. It's not as uptight as he's used to. He's, he's cool. He's he's dealing with um. You know, I think he was going to reveal himself to her anyway. So he was just like, cool, right? Exactly. So, uh, but we're not going to worry about that. So they decide they need to go. Um, they need to go and find this leapfrog guy because he's got Luke and he's going to do something bad. And they certainly have to stop him because he's really. You talk about stupid characters. Luke, this guy takes the cake. He he's probably the um, he's captain of Team Stupid, of the characters. Uh, so they go to this. <laughs> they go to his layout, which is called the Lily Pad, a big warehouse with the with red letter, you know, neon sign announcing the Lily Pad. Uh, and of course, I'm morally obligated to tell everybody that there's a QR code on the telephone pole of the scene where they're walking up to it. If you scan the QR code, you get a free comic, which is called the Lily Pad, and it goes into Leapfrog and and his uh, his whole story. I think is. 
first uh, the first comic where we see Leapfrog. So uh, if you're keeping score, that's your QR code for the episode. What, uh, before they get into the 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 actual layer, they go up on the roof, and another really I thought it was a really cool scene where the two of their chemistry just shined through, uh, and the lighting of it was so cool. When and this was when Luke, you mentioned you're used to seeing Matt Murdock and and he's always in control of the conversations, and in the bar he wasn't, but he certainly was on the roof, right? He and Jen are talking, and when you see Jen's face, she's like lit in green, and when you see his face, he's all lit up in red, and I, and that's when he was sort of like pouring on the daredevil charm, right? So they have that nice conversation going going into before the um the the fighting. Uh, he decides that he's like, no, let me go in there and take twenty five of these goons out because I can hear their heartbeats, and she's like, you know. Uh, why are you going to waste a half an hour when I can just go in there and smash up the place? And he just keeps ripping on her for her math, not adding up. So then we go and I was so happy to see that we get a daredevil hallway fight because the hallway fights in the Netflix show were always a highlight. So I was really happy to see that they carried it over into this one, except it had a She-Hulk twist, which I also thought was cool. We got Daredevil. He took out five guys. We got him shining. And then a whole other group show up and, and Jen just smashes through the the ceiling and takes them out, which it's really dark if you think about it, but I, I didn't sit there and think about how the fact that she just smushed five people. Um, but we're just going to move on past that because, yeah, She-Hulk. Um, anyway, so we get the hallway fight. We get the whole thing. Uh, one of the things that I thought was funny was in that scene where they go into the actual lair, there's a, there's like a spotlight, like a, like a, a rip on, a, um, on the bat signal. It looks like the bat signal, but it's got the Leapfrog's uh, logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> which was funny. And then they had some video games that she was throwing around that were called Frogger and whatnot. Um, yeah. So then they, we had that whole big action scene where they were, uh, where they were kicking some booty. Um, what did you guys think about the, the lily pad and, the, and all that, uh, the, the fighting with them teaming up and stuff. I enjoyed it because again, daredevil, just give me more of him. Um, but I just love that they added Frogger to the <laughs> lily pad and I really enjoyed them just pulling up to the layer, if you will. And he has a giant sign in neon lights that says the lily pad. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I had no idea this was here. And he, everybody's saying, like, oh, yeah, it's common knowledge where this thing's located. And he's he's using daddy's money and doing all this different stuff. So it's just really spot on for all this different stuff in the character he plays, which I, I did not like him at all. Ooh. I didn't like Leapfrog. Wait, wait what? You didn't, you didn't like Ribbit and Ribbit? Not at all. But you didn't like his costume? Let's move on. <laughs> Jet boots. Pass. <laughs> Luke, uh, team up, Daredevil, She-Hulk. It's like when you mix... Um... Wow, this would have been really cool if I would have prepared it. Thousand Island. Okay. Thousand Island is a combination of what? Ketchup. I have no idea. It's like, like mayonnaise and Ketchup something. and mayonnaise or something. Right? You know, some people like it. Some people don't. It's definitely an interesting combination. And I don't know how well it works. Like, one's, like, pure stealth. And yeah. the other is just 
a Hulk. <laughs> yeah. So, and somehow she's almost as like she makes almost as much noise as Hulk, even though she's in control. Yeah. Unlike Bruce, which is interesting, but I don't know. It's not bad. Um, I don't want to see them fight together though, because I like Hulk's style of fighting, mm-hmm. and I like Daredevil's style of fighting, but I like them separate. Uh, yes, they are completely different. I thought, and I thought that that added to the fun of it because she's all power, and he's like you said, all stealth. And I can't remember in the three seasons plus the the Defenders show in Netflix, did he ever fight with that style of baton? Because he did have batons, right, in the Netflix show, but they never turn, they never like were connected by a chain and turned into a bigger type of staff like he had in this episode. I don't think we saw that in the Netflix show. I don't yeah, no, I don't think he, we did, and and I thought uh, it was, but he does use that type of weapon in the comics, so uh, I, I liked seeing that in action. Um, so all of that is done. The basically the plot of the story, the the, the plot of the episode winds itself up. Uh, they're back on the roof talking, and you know they're making plans for next time he shows up in L.A. And you know they they decide to just cut to the chase and and. They go back to her apartment. So um, two things to end out the episode. Number one, Daredevil walking barefoot on the walk of shame is absolutely classic. I loved it. I laughed. I love the fact that Nikki saw him when she came into the apartment. And they even referenced it in the credit scene where they – where the credits, not the credit scene, but the credits where they have the artwork every – every um, they keep changing like almost like a comic style. It showed – Nikki's perspective and taking a picture of Daredevil walking <laughs> on the walk of shame, which I thought was very funny. I thought that was really funny. Um, but I also thought, so the end of this episode, um, boy, the tone shifted so fast. Nikki shows up and now we realize it's the day of the big gala and uh, Jen breaks into this like long extended fourth wall break where she's saying, oh, wait, isn't the episode, shouldn't the episode be over? And she's like just sitting there talking to us. And and I felt from that start, and I don't know if you guys felt it or if they meant it this way, but I felt the tension start to grow from that point on. From that point, it was like, even though that was supposed to be fun, I felt like, oh, no, something's going to happen. They're drawing this out. Did Did you guys feel any of that when she was talking, when it was in, still in the apartment and she was doing the fourth wall? I definitely definitely felt like it was sort of the unknown. I didn't feel necessarily tension because it was just supposed to be a gala. Didn't expect it to be that much. I genuinely just expect, expected them to gloss over it and make the last episode really intense. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was funny. It's like, oh, look at you guys. Really? The finale's next week, huh? Oh, my yeah, God. Let's yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But you could definitely feel in that unknown feeling I'm talking about where it's like, oh, there's not... This next scene is not going to be fun. This isn't going to be like joking She-Hulk type of stuff. So when it started to go down a little bit, I have uh, a little bit of a prediction. But um, you could, I, I, I feel what you're saying, but I felt it a little differently. Okay, so there was something there where they were like uh, starting to build tension. Luke, did you feel any of that? Yeah, I did, and okay. I was when the episode seemed to be wrapping up. Like just before that, I thought, really, like just second to last episode, right. we're going up to the finale, really not going to do anything. Right. And then they did that, and that was cool. 
And I, at first I was like, yeah, you'll be proud of me. At first I was like, seriously, you're just going to put a layup like this? Like you're not, you're not going to tiptoe around it. This easiest transition in the world. Yeah. But then I caught myself and I thought, no, this, that's the show. That's what they're going for. So, you know, growth. Growth for the show and growth for Luke. Just, I love it. It sounds good to me. So they get into the gala. Um, part of the, part of the absolute, just, oh man, I don't even know. I don't know what the, what words to use to describe what ends up happening to her. I don't even, I, I didn't bring my thesaurus, so I can't reference it, but it was just so enraging to me. It was so enraging and terrible, but made even worse by the fact that they are just celebrating her walking in. She and Nikki arrive and she's got all the paparazzis taking pictures and she's eating it up. Her parents are there. Her boss is there. Creepy dude Eric is there, which is really weird. I'm sure there's a reason for that. And um, they go in and the gala starts. And of course, I I thought it was perfect She-Hulk style for them to uh, award the female lawyer of the year award to a group of females, right? They're not going to, they're not going to, first of all, the name of the award is sexist in and, in and of itself, female lawyer of the, of the year, you know, just make it lawyer of the year, right? I mean, just, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. At least it doesn't to me. So they're awarding it to a group of, of females. And I loved Mallory books, uh, response to the question which one that she says a whole bunch of things but one of the things was like being asked dumb questions like what's it like being a female lawyer i thought that was fantastic and then they get to jen and the whole thing starts and just i was thinking back about this and what happens to her in this episode is so terrible is there another mcu character in the 10 plus years of stories that they've been telling that something like this has happened to. I mean, so many times, you know, like you think about, okay, Tony lost his parents. That's tragic. Um, Cap, you know, Cap is, I mean, there's a lot of tragedy, but I don't think anyone has suffered an attack as personal as what happened to Jen in this episode. And I felt so bad for her. And I know that our heroes are not supposed to react the way she reacted, but I'm like, you know what? Her rage is justified, absolutely justified in this case. And and I just thought that the last part of this episode was so 100%, 180 degrees polar opposite of what we've been getting. It was just, um, it was really, really striking. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the fallout is of this, how they end up wrapping things up, and is it going to lead into anything? Uh, so just what what are your guys' thoughts on this final episode, on this final scene of the episode? The scene that I would think of is at the end of uh, Far From Home, where mm. he reveals Peter Parker's identity. Yeah, that's that's true. That's good. Because um, it's just putting everything into the public eye. Yeah. But, you know, the stakes are much lower, I think compared to like you know the other tragedies that they've experienced versus what she's experienced yes it was a terrible thing and i think sort of the point of it was that this is sort of normal like this is, happens in the real world yes. right yeah. and that's why the stakes are lower because typically you know 
superheroes don't have their identities revealed in real life um, because they don't exist. But <laughs> no, it was it was definitely. But real people do have these kinds of things happening to them, and 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 that's a very important point that you bring up. Yeah, and I think that's why it was sort of important because I don't necessarily think that the the basis of She-Hulk is to be a feminist show, mm-hmm. but there are definitely underlying feminist tones and sure. themes. Right. Um, and deserve and to be so. Of course, and it, you know, it's a show about a powerful woman and it shouldn't empower other women. Yeah. And that's why I think a scene like this is cool. Um, but the the stakes are definitely lower because... It, I think the whole point was just to antagonize her. Like it wasn't a direct right. threat, right, right. right? No one was saying like I have your family held hostage or anything. It was sort of just like it was an embarrassing thing in an attempt to provoke her so that they could continue to push this narrative about her. Uh, I think that's um, true, and I think it's a good point because this wasn't an attack to de- to destroy her, to eliminate her as a threat to like villains everywhere. This was this was an attack to turn her into a monster so that they can, what's it called, manipulate that narrative because that's the narrative that they're trying to build for her. And something that Bruce said to her in the first episode, which was when people start to view you as a monster, that can never change. And that's exactly what these people are trying to do to her. And, oh, man, for me, it was just gut-wrenching. Caleb? I think it's almost worse that they don't have, like, an agenda other than to provoke her and make her look yeah. worse in the public eye. Because at least if her her family was being held hostage, there's a motive, right? There's something that she can fix it, something she can work toward and not be overly enraged about. But this way is just insulting, provoking, and just exactly what she, they planned to do, which was make her look horrible, villainous, and, yeah. and like a monster. And Mallory Book... I'm sort of swaying the other way. Maybe she isn't a part of Intelligentsia, but she hasn't completely come off my radar yet. But she goes and looks at Jen and goes, don't. Because she can see it. It's going to happen. She rages out. She hulks out. She hulks out. And um, there's just no controlling it. You get to see in the early stages of our introduction with with Hulk himself where they're like, okay, he's going to smash things and he's going to get our agenda done for us. But we don't get to see that at all with She-Hulk since she's been introduced to us. Right. She's been very cool and calm, collected, in control. Like she's con- like convinced uh, um, Bruce of. And this was just horrifying, yeah. to be completely honest. And seeing her sort of have like that regret as soon as she's mm. leaving. She's like breaking through the cinder block wall toward the entrance. Yep. You can see, sort of see it, and that's why they linger on her eyes at the end of the episode. It's like, oh, man, what did I do? And you can, I, like, if I were in those shoes, I'd be trying to call Bruce, like, hey, you haven't picked up my phone in a long time. What do I do? Yeah. But I'm glad you brought up Eric before, but he was talking about her blood in the very, very early episodes of this season. And even before he had his first line, I was like, oh, there's something off with that guy. Yeah. I didn't know if he was going to be someone that just completely just – is this a weirdo who wants to meet She-Hulk or yeah. something? But to be the first person very quickly on whatever, whatever dating platform she signs up for, yeah. which is like Matcher or something, yeah, so. um, and then immediately start asking questions like that, 
I definitely think he has an impact on Intelligentsia. Yeah. He has a lot of money. He's constantly trying to get closer with Jen, showing, her, yeah. showing off like, oh, look at this new Wakandan staff that I got, right? Yeah. Um, and he's now, like you said, strangely at this awards show. And at the end, I definitely think that they masked the voice well, but it's hard to mask your speech patterns. Mm. And if you go back, and I didn't watch it, but just in my memory, he has a lot of like snarky remarks after something. So um, when they're announcing over the PA system that She-Hulk isn't what you think she is, blah, 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 and then goes and calls her a slut, mm-hmm. the way she he says that phrase after is reminds me like identical of how he talks. Mm. So I'm expecting either next episode or further down the line, Intelligentsia is something that he started out as like a blog post that has just mm. absolutely just Take snowballed into bizarre. this really evil thing. And it's just it ethically it's just wrong, right? Yeah. And I feel bad for She-Hulk going through all this stuff. But in terms of the show, I think it makes it very, very interesting and mm-hmm. makes it Oh, it takes it completely away from the comedy and really like you can fight it with your She-Hulk strength or you can fight it in court because there's going to be damages that are done to the property, the people, all this different stuff. So I'm curious to see how they they navigate it. And I was really happy that they did it at the end with with all this rage, just completely just over the top. She can't control it. And you can see it. It reminded me of a lot when Hulk is now raged out. There's no... Black yep. Widow to come yep. sing him his little lullaby and he's just destroying everything. And I think they did a really good job in making that parallel, but making it like this is She-Hulk's version, yeah. not to be confused with trying to just copy-paste what Hulk has done in the past. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And uh, and even the lighting of the episode of that of that scene was flashing red, right? So that's like red is usually the color of rage. So she's just in rage mode and everybody's panicking and the and the entire everything you're seeing is red and then she bursts through the the front part of the building and immediately is is met by damage control which is super super convenient and i don't mean that in a bad way like oh they just copped out to quote deadpool lazy writing no i think it's it's on it's on purpose i think damage control is somehow like linked up to some aspect of this intelligentsia and this movement against She-Hulk, or else why would they be there so quick? And we saw in Ms. Marvel that there are rogue agents in there. There are agents that are doing what they want and, and following leads into areas that the leadership don't necessarily want them to. So they're there. She-Hulk sees it, and that's when she, um, you know, just sort of regretfully looks at all of us, right? And ironically... I don't think anybody has anything to say about the CGI in that scene because it was spot on. Like you saw every ounce of regret in her eye, every ounce of fear. And through that whole section of it, I, I agree with you, Caleb. We saw the, the, uncon- the unhinged, the lack of control that we have been seeing the opposite of with Jen, which has been her trademark, which she can just come and go as she wants as she Hulk. It has nothing to do with anger, but now we see that anger is a real issue for everyone, and it's it's a, it's an it's an issue as well for her as well. So, um, yeah, just a super 
powerful way to end that episode and it sets up the finale which I had no expectations for the finale in the first place didn't really care I just enjoy watching this show every week and laughing but it looks like this last episode will have some real stakes to 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 navigate through and um who knows what else right we don't know if it's just going to hold true to its sitcom roots or if it's going to somehow make its way into um sort of like a more traditional superhero marvel tv show still with the laughs and the comedy we'll see i don't know but this is setting us up for a pretty dramatic finale um so we'll see what happens next week and looking forward to watching it looking forward to uh talking to you guys about that and and also looking forward to hearing what everybody out there listening to us has to say about episode eight, Ribbit and Rip It of She-Hulk. We hope that you uh, have enjoyed our conversations about the show and we've got one more to go and we're looking forward to doing that. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. We thank, uh, thank you guys for joining me to talk about it as always. And as always, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Colby cast. Bye everybody. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.